When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. The Ring Out Ahoya podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette. I'm your host, Scott Kuykendall, and joining us today are several members of the Athletic Department's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. Uh, first, I want to welcome Tori Ball, who's an ath- Assistant Athletic Director for Marketing and Fan Engagement in his fourth year. Tori, is that correct? Fourth that year is. Marquette. And Tori is a former student athlete, played football at Syracuse. Tori, thanks for uh, joining us and maybe just t- talk a little about your interest in this committee. Thanks for having me, Scott. Um, so, yes, this is my fourth year. Um I think for me, um, being a person of color, uh, it was very, very important to have um, my representation on this committee. I I think uh, all of this stuff galvanized us, uh, starting with George Floyd, uh, it galvanized us um, for change. And and I think for me personally, uh, it's always been something that's on my mind coming from the community that I came from being predominantly black. I think it was very, very important for me to be a part of this group and help steer the group towards um, where I want to see a more inclusive society. So, yeah, that's kind of my why of why I got into this group. Perfect. Thanks, Tori. Uh, galvanizing is, is a great word, and I think we'll we'll circle back on that a little bit later on as well. Up next is Steve Bodie, who uh, recently promoted to co-chair of this committee. Uh, Steve is an assistant coach with the women's soccer team. His second stint at Marquette, uh, welcome back, uh, obviously, Steve, but same question to you. You know, your, uh, your efforts in this committee, uh, we've, we've uh, 
been able to benefit from them already. And, and now you will kind of move forward along with uh, Emily Tyus and, and men's lacrosse. Maybe take a little bit of time to talk about your interest in the committee as well. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I kind of reflected on my experiences as a student athlete and then experiences I've had as a coach. And um, I think, you know, having the, the perspective of, of a coach on the committee is something that I think uh, Adrian in particular uh, reached out to me and, and said she wanted wanted to have that representation. Uh, I look back on my experiences and I just think about different different times, um, you know, where sports has it's been the great unifier. I mean, I think you know it, it's it's something that can unify people across the board, uh, and sports across the board can do that. So when I think about my experiences and, and different things that. You know, I've experienced whether it was as a player on the field with teammates, um, teammates that come from different backgrounds, different races, things that have happened, um, you know, and in, in the heat of, of moments, um, I've had that happen, you know, both as, as, a, as a player and as a coach where things were said or things were done um, that I could tell deeply impacted those people, whether it was my teammate or someone I was coaching. Um, and, and just flat out, just, just wrong, you know? And, and so I think, um, I think back on those experiences and wanting to be a voice for, for change and the things that aren't acceptable should not be happening. Um, and I think that using sports in a way that can unify us, a, a country that deeply needs unification right now, I think we have a platform to be able to do that. And if we can use that, I think we really need to, um, to benefit everyone. Yeah, unification is critical. And I think you you know, that's just magnified here at Marquette, you know, a smaller department as a, you know, compared across the nation, more of a family atmosphere. And I, and I think just in, in the few short months of this committee, you can see the impact it can have across not only student athletes, but uh, administrators and coaches as well. And, and we'll talk about that. Maureen Lewis, speaking of unifying, been uh, 17 years here at Marquette and has been involved in a number of initiatives, not only this one, but also SHAPE uh, and the mental health side with student athletes. Maureen, thanks for joining us. And again, maybe just a little bit of background on, on why this became important to you as well. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I just think that I'm from a long line of family of educators and the lifelong learning is just how I was raised. So I never wanna say like, oh, I've got this, I've learned all about it. So there's just so much room um, to learn more, to relearn some stuff, to fill gaps of maybe things that we weren't taught. I think that um, athletics departments as a whole, when you compare them to the rest of the university, student body-wise, uh, are more diverse than the rest of the university. So whether it's socioeconomic or cultural or ethnically diverse, we bring it. And I don't know our exact numbers. I'm pretty sure we were at uh, student athletes from 44 states and 13 countries last time I checked. So we're a good little melting pot and we can learn a lot from each other. Um, I also think that there's been times where prominent athletes take a stand um, and are asked to weigh in on some really um, important and heavy issues. And if we can lead by our example to want to learn more about this, we help our student athletes figure out how to have those conversations and how to listen to those conversations. And finally, representing the student athletes, Maggie Lena from Women's Soccer, who is a member of SAC and the vice president of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion for SAC. Maggie, thanks for joining us and, and appreciate 
the perspective you're going to bring from student athletes or maybe talk a little about your personal involvement in this committee and, and what you've seen from the student athletes as a whole at Marquette. Um, absolutely. And thank you for having me on here. So I definitely think that going off of that like family atmosphere of Marquette, this communication line between staff and faculty and um, student athletes is so important and shown within this task force in general. So the ability that I have to bring the voice and the perspective of student athletes to these meetings to talk about directly to staff and faculty and have actions taken um, right, you know, from a simple meeting and then also using my platform and the entire student athlete platform to amplify the voices of um, other student athletes and other people who haven't necessarily been heard, so. Thanks for joining us. Toria, I want to go back to you right away. And, and we, you mentioned galvanized and um, kind of talk about almost the how we got here, right? And, you know, this committee did not uh, exist prior to a few months ago, and it's made a tremendous amount of progress. Um, maybe your thoughts on what led to the formation of, of this committee, and, and obviously not a good things, obviously, but things that were needed, right? And things that you had said that you had witnessed before. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think um, for this group, the catalyst for for the changes, George Floyd's death this summer. Um, I think there were there were a few more deaths uh, during that time. Ahmad Arbery and and Breonna Taylor uh, shortly after. But uh, the George Floyd one really galvanized this change. And I and I don't just think it's the Marquette community. I think it's the world as a whole. Um, and and after that, I think there were more people willing to have the, the tough conversations, like Maureen said a little bit earlier. Um, I, I saw myself uh, saying after the George Floyd death and having more and more of these conversations that I was hopeful. Um, that's something that I didn't have um, in 2012. Um, I was maybe a sophomore in college and Trayvon Martin died and was murdered. Um, I didn't have that same feeling. Um, but after this, having so many different conversations and people willing to talk about it, um, I think these are harder conversations for a lot of people. And, and just the willingness to talk about it is where it starts. Um, and I think that's what happened to start this, um, this momentum towards this DEI group. Um, it, it wasn't just staff. It was our student athletes and our students were huge. Um, in, in starting this, uh, this change. And, you know, the young people are usually the ones that do it. The young people are the ones that, you know, highlight, hey, this isn't what we want for our world. Um, and our students and student athletes did that. And I think from, from Adrian to Bill to, you know, all the people that, that are on our community, that are in our community and um, heading up this group, I think it stemmed from Marquette's Cure Personalis, right? Um, caring for yourself through the service of others. And I thought, and I think, and the community. And I think the community piece was was highlighted here. And it, it was a place that um, we said, hey, our a piece of our community is hurting. There are student athletes in our community that are hurting. There are staff members in our community that are hurting. Um, and we need to address these things right now. We need to address the system. Uh, systemic racism. We need to address, you know, uh, systematic oppression. Um, and I think that's that that was the culmin the culmination of all of those things uh, started this group and and started the work towards the change. 
And Steve, is you know, you mentioned it in your opening comments, talking about using athletics as a platform, which and Marine did as well. You know, obviously a tremendous opportunity. But I have to think for you personally as well. I mean, Milwaukee's been your home for a majority of your life, student athlete. I mean, basically a native, right? I mean, yep. And, and that Absolutely. has to also factor into being a part of this community and making a change at the same time. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was actually something that I was thinking about as I was re reflecting as well on, on us doing this podcast. I mean, I, I think my senior year in, in college, I, I took a class called the history of Milwaukee and it ended up being like one of my favorite courses. It was a course I didn't need to take, you know, I was, I was already in line to graduate. Uh, I had a great academic advisor like Maureen here at Marquette, um, keeping people in line to graduate, you know, and so, uh, but this class was intriguing to me. And it was one of these classes that I look back and I think was like, it was actually very pivotal. Um, not only because I enjoyed it because I was from Milwaukee and I grew up, but it was very, um, you know, it, it went very in depth on the racial divides that we have in Milwaukee. And I always knew, or I had heard growing up um, in high school and, and, and things like that, that you know, Milwaukee was one of the most segregated cities in the country. And I thought, wow, like, that's just, I, I don't, I can't wrap my mind around that. But this course went in depth about the history of Milwaukee and why it is the way it is. Um, and, and, and went into topics like redlining and went into topics about um, white flight, you know, and, and it really opened my eyes to a lot of things at that time that I, I, I wasn't familiar to, uh, to me in the past. Um, but it made me really think about, man, as a native of Milwaukee, I want to do something to try and help and, and change these things, you know. And the first key, of course, is, is education, right? Learning that so you know and you can now start having an impact on, on different things. So, yeah, certainly, you know, that was eye-opening for me, um, you know. And I think that, um, you know, again, being, being a native of Milwaukee, you, you, you feel, I think, even more for your city, you know, that hey, you, you want to be involved with, with changing this. And I think I go back to Marquette's influence in the community, you know, and, um, you know, the ability we have as a, as a community to, to spark change, you know, and, and, um, and, and why not have it come from within um, and then flow out, you know, to the rest of the community, which I know we are trying to do, you know, and now we're trying to do even more of it. So, yeah. Maureen, you know, talking about the education and, and to Steve's point, I mean, I had never heard of redlining or white privilege or, or any of that. I mean, that's that's huge just to start. And of, of this group, I think you're the one that probably across sports engages the most consistently with our student athletes uh, or obviously, you know, uh, marketing and we have women's soccer represented. But maybe talk a little about the shift and the interest and, and Maggie will as well uh, in our, our student athletes as a whole to educate themselves and others at the same time. Yeah, it's um, a lot of what Steve said is, you know, they come here to Milwaukee to go to school and the campus is promoted as an urban campus. And that word might mean different things to different people. Um, and we're really just not, we don't have an urban dynamic the way that some people would interpret that word. Um, we're still a pretty segregated city and a pretty um, white dominant campus. So for people of color and people of culture to try to find their footing here and find their people, find their like-minded folks, um, it's a little bit challenging. And I think we've done a lot of work with um, 
coordinating with other resources on campus. We have kids who are involved in like Black Student Council and um, the Latinx movements, um, as well as LGBTQ populations, and really doing a lot of um, awareness building of, okay, urban might just be where we're located. And if you're looking for something more urban as far as an experience is, you're gonna need to look a little bit further, a little bit deeper. And they come to us with these um, questions basically. So we have to be knowledgeable about how to direct them. I don't need to have the answers. I just need to know how to connect them to resources. And so for me, that's been a lot of my learning. Um, and I'm surprised when I get asked like, you know, where can I get a haircut? Where can I go to church? Um, those are pretty baseline questions we get in academic support for new students um, of culture and color. And to direct them is part of what we do or to connect them to somebody who knows. It's funny you mentioned the word urban, which is one Marquette uses quite often to describe itself. And, and we had a, a speaker uh, from campus, I believe, say that in, you know, that's a word that can be found offensive just because of, of what people think when they think of urban uh, along the lines of what, and, and that's the education process that I think all of us are going through. And, and Maggie, as you continue that a little bit uh, regarding the student athletes and your role with SAC, are, are these conversations that were had prior to George Floyd and, and what's happened this spring or has it just kind of been magnified the last few months? Um, I've certainly always seen um, questions about, you know, where do you get some good food that's not a sandwich? Um, so we're very big on sandwiches. Um, where do you, the haircut in the church one are always, every semester that I've worked here, that's been questions that were asked. But I think the level of involvement changed. It's moved from questions to how do I make my voice amplified? How do I find people who are like-minded to me who are action-oriented? So it's not just about knowledge, but it's about, you know, boots on the ground and how can I use my voice a little bit more um, and starting to lean into that idea that athletes do have a voice, not just a presence, you know, in their athletics, but are leaders on and off of the field and the court and um, wherever they compete. So that has amplified, yes. And I would say um, what we see is some of the readings that are required in classes have changed. Um, certainly the dialogue around starting with Trayvon Martin, starting with a lot of, um, during the Obama presidency, starting with um, some of those cultural shifts that were then you saw in the classroom discussions and then kids would come into the study hall and say, I have to write a paper on this and I wanna know more about it and how do I find out more? And so just having those resources available. Again, I don't have the answers, but I can certainly connect to resources. And that's been great. And speaking of the voice of the student athletes, uh, Maggie, uh, a number of them, obviously, but I think the biggest one, the most uh, public one was the march that was organized that involved all of our student athletes. Maybe talk a little about what you saw around that and the engagement and the initiative to get something like that put together. Yeah, so to go off Maureen as well, like a big amplification of these discussions and this engagement and participation in programs that are based on both education around social injustice and then also um, action, whether that's voting or with the Black Lives Matter March, I think just shows the initiatives that student athletes are taking and the increase in these difficult conversations um, 
with our teammates, with our peers, with our family, even with our professors. And I think it's this ongoing conversation that brings up, you know, it, it asks oneself to educate yourself and it, it forces people to reflect on their own privilege, their own knowledge or understanding or lack thereof of social injustice. And um, a big goal of SAC and the student athletes that, you know, are big participants in these amazing programs that have been put together this past semester um, are, you know, we're talking about microaggression and implicit bias and racial trauma to create this greater understanding of experiences that others might be going through, um, whether that's within the student athlete population or within the staff or just people across the board, um, but then also to take it to the next step and to create action, whether that's pushing voting initiatives or pushing um, educational programs through Zoom um, uh, and, you know, having, continuing that conversation and providing with the combination of um, staff and, and through this task force, the programs for student athletes to not only engage, but to take action, so. Speaking specifically about the, the DEI committee and the plan, which is available, uh, you know, for anyone to view on gomarquette.com. Uh, and Tori, I wanted to talk to you to, to begin I know you, you know, there were some subcommittees and subgroups that helped and you were involved in actually the drafting and the crafting of the, you know, what, what becomes the mission statement, right? Um, and, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but at the end, it, we are devoted to inspiring change, educating our community and advocating for all people. Uh, and you, we use Marquette United at the end of that. Can you talk a little bit about that conversation and, and how it all came together to kind of try to define it in just a couple sentences to make sure that not only was the, uh, the purpose clear, but these items, these actions, this momentum that we wanna keep going, that they're manageable and measurable as well. Absolutely. Um, so Maureen, you can jump in here anytime because she was a, a huge part of this. I think for me, um, it started out, I wanted to be a part of this because um, I wanted to be a part of the foundation uh, of this group uh, because I know, you know, sometimes you make a statement and it really doesn't mean something and it's not sustainable. Uh, so I wanted to be a part of the creation of what I felt was the foundation of what this group actually meant. Um, and so to, to, to start off with, I think for me, I researched every single mission statement that or diversity statement that I could come up with. Uh, I went to places like, first of all, I went to the places that I thought were good. Google, they, they are all about being diverse, Salesforce, Adobe, like those kind of places. But then I also researched some of our, uh, some of our rivals, uh, Villanova, St. John's, all, all of these places uh, I researched and, and just tried to see what other people were saying. And then what, what, did, what could Marquette do as a whole? Like what could Marquette sustain and continue to do? Um, and, and like uh, Maureen said, uh, we're going to need lifelong learning, right? So this statement had to be flexible enough to say, okay, there's something going on in this area. We didn't really account for it. Uh, so how can we maneuver to address this in this statement and our objectives? Um, so, so I think for me, I, I definitely wanted to be a part of the foundation. I definitely wanted to, to see, you know, this statement being, being something that can be used 
for year over year. Um, as far as the word and the wordsmithing, I will give wholeheartedly give that to Maureen. She is great at it. Um, but for me, I, I think some of the things that came up while we were discussing that is is equality versus equity. Like, what are those things? Like, what does that mean? If if you say you know equality, that's everybody being on the same level, but equity means, you know, hey, maybe I was underserved my entire life. So maybe I need to step up and you, you know, had everything given to you your whole life. So you don't need that same um, benchmarking that I might need. Uh, so so those are some of the tough conversations that we had in, in while we were wordsmithing this, uh, this, the statements that we came up with. Uh, but I, I think it was a great exercise. And, and honestly, I, I think it's something that I'll take with me forever, just because some of those some of the things that we initially thought should have been in the mission statement never ended up in it. Like, I, I think I said something about um, I, I don't even remember, but it was like gender equity. And I was somebody pointed out and said, why, why does it have to be gender equity? Why can it just be equity? Um, and, and some of those things are, are things that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Uh, and just by going through this process of trying to build a, a diversity mission statement. Um, so, yeah, it was a fun process and, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I think we came out with something that will be impactful, not only to administrators, but to our student athletes. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to add on that because it was it was really a great collaboration. And I think a lot of us who don't normally work together on a day-to-day -day basis came together with already this, like we were passionate about making this work and laying a foundation for this group to work off of. But, you know, you don't know the people in the room that well. I mean, I certainly know my colleagues um, who I see every day, but this was people from different parts of athletics who I might just see in the hall and say hello. And here we are talking about what does equity mean to you and what does it mean to pledge to do something instead of to try to do something and um, like really tearing down all the verbs in it. And I was very action focused when I was leading the discussion about like the action verbs that we picked. And I like where we landed, but getting there was such a collaborative experience. I would really recommend um, anybody who's in a committee to break into a subcommittee that they might not be totally comfortable with just because the the dialoguing is so great from all these different walks and it just showed me like look at us being all diverse over here none of us knew each other that well except for being um, co-workers and we were talking about some heavy lifting. Steve I know they, they probably didn't give you a you know a list of job duties when when you were given the co-chair uh, but but I think that they, they bring bring a, a great point that is probably going to fall on your lap a little bit and that's a little bit of flexibility right um, you know there's objectives and goals of this plan uh, but ultimately um, you have to be able to adjust on the fly you know I, I know Theo John did an interview today where they asked asked him about you know what would be the impact or of the Black Lives Matter patches on the uniforms or what, what the significance? And he said, well, you know, I can answer that today, but between now and whenever that happens, so many different things can occur, negative and positive that might reshape that. So as you look to the forward of where we go from here, what, what are your, kind of your, your vision for this committee uh, moving forward? And it's still in its infancy, by the way. Well, definitely part of the job description is defer to more Maureen on, on most issues. <laughs> My good, good friend Maureen. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think that's part of, 
um, you know, as we came up with the statement, like that's part of trying to make it sustainable, you know, and trying to make it um, actionable um, and not just have it be, you know, a, a something on paper that we, you know, check the box. You know, that's not, that's not what this was meant to be or um, why we wanted to go about and do it. So I, I think, you know, certainly it can look in a lot of different, it can go in a lot of different directions, but I think certainly one of the things is that we're in an educational environment at Marquette, you know, so I think one of the things the committee has tried to do is let's look to see what we're already doing at Marquette and where can we partner in different ways uh, with whether it be, um, you know, the School of Communications, for example, um, right now, we actually uh, just started a strategic partnership with them. Um, they were already having students on campus talk about basically ways to educate students on how to have conversations, difficult conversations constructively, you know, in a way that isn't attacking people. Um, we've certainly seen enough of that in the media, and we've seen enough of that modeled by the leadership of our, our country, you know, and in my opinion, not, not great ways. So how can we, for example, use what's already happening on campus, you know, and then bring it into our committee and continue to use it and then continue to amplify it? Um, because again, we have great things already going on. So that's been part of it, of, of uncovering some of these things that are already happening on campus and how can we as an athletic department, but then also as this committee uh, work together. Um, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel um, right. Continue to continue to work with people on campus. Um, and of course, we'll, we can push our own initiatives as well as see as we see necessary. Um, but uh, that's already been we've made some positive strides. and We're trying to continue to do that as we look to what's happening on campus and continue to, to work with people. And along those lines, Maggie, to you, you know, we talk about environment and family and culture. And one of the challenges is with student athletes, not that there's not turnover in staff too, but you know, you're cycling through student athletes as they move on and they graduate and you've got freshmen and um, coming into a new, uh, new environment. What are the challenges that SAC finds with, with building that culture so that it, it will maintain with that kind of next generation, if you want to say that as these new student athletes come in? Um. I think that there's been a growing, I think that it's very hard specifically right now with COVID and just having the level of engagement with upperclassmen and underclassmen in general. Like I know specifically for women's soccer, we haven't had, you know, the same preseason experiences and season experiences that we would in a normal year. So I think that, um, the more use we have with media and, um, group me is a big source of communication and promoting these programs that SAC has been um, initiating, I think is really important. And I think that especially this year, I'm really happy with the level of engagement just shown in the Black Lives Matter March, but also shown in like we've had two listening sessions, one with our own um, a diverse group of student athletes and one also with the Black Student Council. Um, but it's having these ongoing difficult conversation, conversations and providing the platform of how to educate, how to have, how to engage in these difficult conversations that allow for the engagement within SAC and within these programs to continue. Um, so 
especially as like for me as a senior and upperclassman, I'm trying as hard as I can to communicate with my freshmen, my underclassmen, steering them into, hey, like this Sunday we have an, an event with Professor Tracy Sturgill from um, like Bodhi said, from the communication department. And I'm like all over group me, all over text saying, you know, come to this event because this event will help you prepare you to have and engage in these conversations with student athletes, with your friends. So as we wrap up and I'll, I'll just throw it around, but I'll start with you, Tori. Uh, and, and we've talked a little bit about it. Um, and there's probably not a perfect answer. There isn't, but you know, and Steve mentioned it, we're not just trying to check boxes. I know we have goals and objectives from this plan, but if we're talking in a year from now, what would you like to have seen accomplished or uh, when you, you talk about the, the foundation of this committee after a year, what would you like to be able to say as far as the impact it's had here at Marquette? I, I think uh, that's a hard question in that. Uh, I like to finish with the hard question. <laughs> I think I think a lot of things will change. Um, there will be ebbs and flows, uh, as as we know with anything we do. There's a little bit of bureaucracy in in certain areas. Uh, I, I definitely think uh, one one area that we hit head on is is hiring. I, I think having a, a more diverse um, group of people that the student athletes get to see every day is is a big thing. Um, but then I also think having as many education opportunities for student athletes and staff to learn some of this stuff um, is, is super important. Uh, I think the first step is, is I, I, I always go back to like the recovery, the addict mantra, like the first step is admitting that you have a problem. We've admitted that we have a problem and we are trying to every day to address it. And I think, um, going through those first steps. And if we go a year from now and saying that we've had so many educational programs, I might see that as success, but who knows? We might, you know, hire our first, you know, blackhead basketball coach if Wojo gets an NBA job next year. You never know. So like those are the kind of uh, the, the driving forces that I kind of want to see in this next two to a million years uh, as, we, as we work towards equity not equality, equity. Along those lines, Maureen, I, I think not a concern, but you, you just wonder, there's such a focus on the voting initiative now. And once that's gone, there just can't be this drop-off where it doesn't seem to be a priority as much anymore. Maybe, maybe speak to that a little bit about and maintaining that momentum over the course of the next year. Yeah, that's a big one. That's, um, you know, definitely how you get to use your voice in a, in a big uh, national platform. Um, and we've already talked about, you know, how we're going to deal with people who the um, election outcome isn't maybe what they hoped for, and some of the um, discussion that might follow with that and be prepared for it. Um, but I also think that being good community stewards and just understanding like how communities support each other, work together, um, not just at the national and federal level, but the state level and like, let's watch what the city is doing. I actually think that we've learned a lot um, from the COVID lockdown as far as, you know, working within the city of Milwaukee health guidelines. Like you guys, we're in the city of Milwaukee. We have to pay attention to what's happening here. And just being a good community steward. I really like what Steve said about um, still reflecting back on what he learned in college with that history of Milwaukee class. Like, I hope these students leave here saying, well, I voted for the first time in a presidential election when I was at Marquette and it was in the middle of the 
coronavirus and it was following on the heels of the um, Black Lives Matter march and all these things coalesced for me and made me be more aware and more willing to have hard conversations. I, I don't have like, like a list of what I want people to leave with, but it would be more of, you're gonna keep learning after you leave. And I hope when they look at us who are obviously older than college students, that we're doing the work to keep learning, that we're modeling that for them. And, and Steve, I think an important, well, really important part for you, I have to believe as a coach too, and, and Maggie just uh, kind of alluded to it in the uh, in her comments about communicating within the team, just about what might be happening on the field. You're going to be needing to facilitate those conversations, both performance on field and off field related. This is what I will say. Our student athletes, they, they won't allow us to not, which is awesome. I, I, and I will speak to Maggie and, and our team. I mean, they are, um, they are constantly talking to us about DEI issues. They're talking about wanting to educate themselves further. Um, so it's, I mean, for example, tonight, you know, Maggie just, just uh, referred to it. You know, everyone on our team is going to be on a call at 730 um, speaking on this topic and the speaker is coming in to, to speak with them to have dialogue. So, you know, it's, it's, I think our student athletes are, are hungry to learn and, and grow in this area. And I love it because they're pushing us and they're pushing coaches for sure. Go ahead, Maggie. Um, I was just going to build off of what he was saying and how I really like the phrase, like, this is a movement, not a moment. So this continual movement of equity, of educating student athletes, not just within the Marquette community, but within the Milwaukee community, I think is really important. And um, I think I can only really speak on to my coach's behalf, but I know that they've been doing a fantastic job of continuing this communication and making sure that we're staying on top of um, pushing people to go to SAC events. And then we're also meeting with Tracy Ellis Ward, which is the um, senior associate commissioner and chief diversity and inclusion officer for the Big East Conference tomorrow, um, as just with the women's soccer team, just to continue this conversation about locker room talk and inclusive language. So I think that the co our coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job of um, making sure that these conversations are being had and that we have the platform to come together either virtually or in person to have these conversations. But I think it's definitely up to us as student athletes. Like we are the future. We are the, the younger generation that if we don't show up to the polls, if we don't show up to the classroom to educate ourselves, like how can we expect change if we ourselves aren't taking the action? So I think that for me, as you know, the, the VP of diversity, equity, inclusion for SAC. That's one of my biggest things is like, I can put together as many programs as I want, but it's not that what's important is people showing up and wanting to be invested and in seeing change and taking action themselves. So um, I just want to say thank you for like our coaches and our staff for making this platform so available to us. But at the end of the day, I think it's up to an individual person to take it upon themselves to educate themselves to have conversations and then to pursue action well i think we can all agree no wordsmithing is needed for that response i think you summarized everything that uh, has been done and will continue to be done i uh, appreciate everybody's work the entire committee especially this group here and, and knowing that your work is not done obviously and i, and I think that's become clear as well uh, thanks again and uh, we'll talk to you down the road
We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and Go Marquette! Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.